Hi guys, welcome back to my so-called midlife podcast. I'm Jennifer and this is episode 36. Match update. There is no update. Not really, anyway. There were two guys I was talking to who both seemed fine at first, but then the red flag started waving. The first guy, he would only send me messages during work hours, which, to be honest, is not the most convenient time for me. And also, doesn't that scream that he's already in a relationship? Right? I mean, for if you can only send me messages during work hours, what are you doing in the evening? Right? He doesn't have kids. He says he's single. But yet something or someone is preventing him from getting on the app in the evening. So that was a no. (laughs) The second one was more, okay, I will tell you the reason for the second one, which is going to sound ridiculous and petty, but I, then I'll give you my reasoning behind it. His messages were filled with typos and grammatical errors and not just like fat fingering, you know, everybody does that. No, this was like wrong words or like words in the wrong order. And they were also misspelled. I think he was drunk when he was sending me messages, which big giant red flag, hard pass. No. So In the end, I just ended up going on the app and unmatching with both of the guys, which is essentially blocking them on the app. By the time this episode becomes available, I will only have three days to go before the current subscription ends, and I am looking forward to it. I I think, I don't know what to think, but I, I think... Either I am not going to meet my person on an app or God is just saying this isn't the right time. And either way, it's fine. I feel ready for a relationship, but I don't want to rush into anything or force a connection when there isn't one. I've done that before, and we all know how that turned out. One thing I have decided, and I have decided it because I had a dream about it, If, and I mean if, I ever get married again, we're going to elope in Las Vegas in a ceremony performed by Elvis. 1968 comeback Elvis, not white jumpsuit bloated Elvis, just to be clear. Because that's what I dreamed. I didn't see the groom in the dream, although that definitely would have been helpful. TV podcast recommendations, I have two. TV recommendations. I can't remember if I already recommended this one in a previous um, episode, but even if I did, it is worth saying again. 
if only to get additional viewers so that it doesn't get canceled. And yes, I am that selfish. So please go watch it. It's called Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. It's on NBC. I think new episodes come out on Tuesday, but I watch it on Hulu. So basically new episodes come out whenever I watch them. You may have heard about it, or maybe you know the general premise and think, that doesn't sound like something for me. And I'll admit, the premise is a weird one. In a nutshell, after Zoe has an MRI during a lightning storm, she develops the ability to hear people's thoughts through something she calls heart songs. So basically, the people in her life break into songs that express whatever they're feeling or thinking in that moment, and only Zoe can hear and see them. I can already feel you saying, that's not for me, that sounds dumb, but I promise you, it's good. Season one had some moments that were a little cringy. I blame all of these moments on Peter Gallagher, but season two is really good. The cast is incredibly talented, Peter Gallagher aside. Zoe is played by Jane Levy. Her friends are played, um, Alex Newell plays Mo. And if you were a fan of Glee, you will recognize Alex Newell. Skylar Aston is from Pitch Perfect. He's fantastic in this. And then another one of her friends is John Clarence Stewart, who was new to me but is really good in this incredible singer, dancer, actor, just really, really good cast. In last week's episode, and the whole reason why I am re-recommending this show, Skylar Aston sang a portion of a song called Anyone, which was originally done by Demi Lovato. It was so good that I rewound and listened to this two minutes like four times and cried every time. I I have heard Demi's version before and I hated it because it sounds like she screams her way through the entire song. I mean, it is, it's a really sad, very powerful song, but the screaming just turned me off. But Skylar's version evokes all of the same emotion of the song without the unnecessary screaming. For this episode alone, this show is worth watching. It is so, so good. And, you know, just in case you're still thinking that this show isn't for you, fine. Be that way. But go to YouTube and watch Skylar Aston or search Skylar Aston, anyone. It's two minutes long. You won't regret it. He's so good. I love him. If you're a fan of musicals or just shows with weird musical premises, you will like this. Does anyone remember Eli Stone? It's like early 2000s, Johnny Lee Miller prior to his elementary days. Oh, I loved that show. Only lasted two seasons, but I loved it. It was so good. The other show I watched was a comedy special on Amazon Prime called Judith Lucy versus Men. At 51, Judith is single again after a painful breakup. She decides to go through her entire history with men in order to figure out whether or not she even wants to continue dating. Sound familiar? It was good. It was funny. Parts of it definitely hit home, but even that was funny, especially when she talked about her father and the role he played in her choices with men. 
Mm. Podcast recommendation. The podcast I listened to this week is called Lost Hills. It's about a 35-year-old father who is murdered while camping with his two young daughters in Malibu Creek State Park. But there's a lot more to this story. For one thing, people in and around the park area had been getting shot at for over a year and a half. They called them near misses, and there were at least five of them before the young father was killed. The near misses had all been reported to the police, so they knew about it, but they had decided to not warn the public about the dangers of being in this area. An arrest is eventually made, and although the suspect has a weird and sometimes violent past, there's a lot about him that makes it seem as if the cops might have the wrong person in custody. So there's also that element of possible, you know, really bad police work. There's six episodes out so far. I don't know how many there'll be in total, but it's it's really good. I'm enjoying it so far. All right, now that you're all caught up on my week, let's get into this week's topic. We're back. I'm sure you guys have already heard, but in case you haven't, they're making a remake of Sex and the City, a reboot. On one hand, I am so excited, but on the other, I'm nervous. Reboots have let me down in the past. I'm looking at you, Will and Grace. Such a disappointment. Not Jack and Karen, never Jack and Karen, specifically Will and Grace. Well, Actually, specifically, just Grace. What happened to you? You used to be funny. But other reboots have gone way beyond my expectations. Hello, Queer Eye. Have I told you lately how much I love you? They just started filming season six, by the way, of Clear Eye. I can't wait for it to come out. Every episode fills me with hope and makes me cry. Truly, one of the best shows ever. If you haven't watched it, what are you waiting for? It's on Netflix. So, because reboots have been a bit of a roller coaster ride for me, I'm trying to keep my expectations for Sex and the City reboot somewhat in check. I keep reminding myself that while I loved the series, the movies, the first one, the first one I loved, the second one, not good. Also, can you even call it a Sex in the City reboot without Samantha? There have been plenty of online rumors as to why Kim Control won't be part of the reboot. I have no idea what the truth is, but I am going to miss Samantha. The original series aired for six seasons from 1998 to 2004, and I loved it. My friends loved it. My coworkers loved it. We would talk about it on Monday mornings. And somehow, even though the apartments, fashion, and seemingly endless flow of cash and alcohol was not at all a genuine reflection of our lives, it still came off as relatable. I know and I've seen some articles, especially recently, that the original series was criticized Um, They said things like the characters weren't feminist role models because all they did was talk about clothes, shoes, and men. But I disagree. They were all successful in their careers. They were financially independent and intelligent. And yes, they did talk about men. A lot. 
But isn't that what women do when they get together? I know it's what I did. If you're married, you talk about your husbands. If you're a mom, you talk about your kids. But when you're single and dating, you talk about men. The show still influences me. I feel very Carrie Bradshaw every week as I sit at my desk with my iced coffee in front of my laptop, researching and writing episodes. At the core of the series was not all of the men and dating mishaps. It was the friendship that these women shared. I have told you guys in the past, I was lucky enough to be born with three best friends and my sisters. And like Carrie, all of them are loved, but each one is plays a different role in my life. You ever notice how Carrie goes to a different friend depending on the situation and what advice she needs? I do the same with my sisters. Sister number one is who I go to when I need to hear the truth. It's not always fun to hear the truth, but it's necessary when you can't find your way out of a situation or you keep repeating patterns that just aren't working for you. Sister number two, she's moral support. She'll also tell you the truth, but she's more of a lead you to it than a this is the way it is kind of person. And she usually does it with humor. She's also the person I go to for de decorating advice. I told you guys in the past, she's got that eye. She's lucky. None of the rest of us got it. And sister number three, she's the keeper of my secrets. She's the only one who can decipher my circular speak. You know, when you're trying to say something, but you're too inside your head and too emotional and the words come out all scrambled. Sister number three can navigate that word salad and help me sort it out. She's also one of the few people in my life that gets my sense of humor. I think this is the case for everyone. I don't think anyone has just one best friend. I have my three sisters. I have two best girlfriends. I also have JJ, who gives me the no-nonsense male perspective. I love them all, but each of them plays a different role in my life. I can't imagine all of them in the same room at the same time, although I would love it if it actually happened. Here's what I picture in my head. Sister number two would be catching up, talking and laughing with best friend number one. Sister number three, she'd be talking with best friend number two, probably about high school. Sister number one, she'd be off in a corner grilling JJ. I really hope this happens someday. And I hope it's not at my funeral. You have different people in your life for different reasons. Some of them come in for only a short time. Some stay a lifetime. The importance of friendship cannot be overstated. This is true for both men and women, but I think women have known and understood this better and longer than men have. When I grew up, my mom had lots of friends, friendships that have lasted for decades. Well, my father had hardly any friends. So I grew up thinking that friendship was more of a female thing. And I wasn't entirely wrong because men in general are not taught the importance of friendship the way that women are, which is really sad when you consider that according to multiple medical studies, the biggest health threat to men is loneliness. I'm not saying men don't have friends. Of course they do. 
But men see friendship as more as social support, not emotional support the way that women do. When men have a bad day, do they call up their friends and unload, cry, ask for help? No, they don't. Because for the most part, men have been taught that showing vulnerability is a sign of weakness. In an article I found, it described male friendships as shoulder to shoulder, while female friendships were described as face to face, meaning men's friendship tend to be focused around activities, you know, playing video games together, sports, fishing. Could, can someone explain fishing to me? I, I really don't get it. The best description I've heard comes from Patrick Hines, who said, fishing is just throwing a string in the water and hoping for the best. <laughs> Sorry, that makes me laugh every time. The greatest source of my emotional and mental strength comes from my friendships. No one will lift you up and support you when you're going through tough times or celebrate you when you've made it through those tough times like a girlfriend will. They understand and empathize with you in a way that men just can't. There's also the added benefit that your girlfriends understand what it's like to be inside of a female body and brain, which means I can talk about all the weird changes happening to my body or the foggy brain that comes with middle age. I don't have to hide anything. They get it without judgment. Even when what I'm feeling is making me feel crazy or too emotional. With my girlfriends, I can tell them things I wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable sharing with my partner, not because I don't trust my partner, but because they wouldn't understand the way your girlfriend does. Things like how to deal with newly sprouted facial hair or how you made an entire pan of chocolate peanut butter pretzel bars just because you wanted to try them. They were fantastic, by the way. No bake, comes together in about 10 minutes, super easy. It's a Trisha Yearwood recipe and it's available online if you're interested. I highly recommend it. Not all friendships are meant to last a lifetime, and that's okay. Some end after an argument or an event, but most end because life pulls you in different directions and you have less and less in common. No matter how a friendship ends, be grateful for the time you had together and thankful for the lessons it taught you. As I mentioned, I have three best friends of my sister's. Growing up, it wasn't always like this. Yeah. <laughs> My sister, sister number three and I, I think we fought every single day. At least that's the way I remember it. Sister number three, if you have a different memory, <laughs> feel free to correct me. But I swear to God, it felt like after school, every single day we fought. And I'll admit, it was because of me, okay? I... I did not do the things I was supposed to do. In fact, most of my life, I didn't do the things I was supposed to do. But it was kind of her job as someone who was only 13 months older than me to parent me after school, and I was not having it. So <laughs> we fought a lot. But as soon as she packed up her moving van, and moved across the country, in that instant, everything changed. I, I didn't have her 
in the room down the hall anymore. Who's I going to fight with? Who was I going to go to when things were bad? Suddenly, I realized all of the time I had wasted growing up arguing with her. I know we can't go back in time. All we can do is go from the moment you realize and do better. Now, she's my keeper of the secrets. She's the person I trust the most in the whole world. I can tell her anything and know, no matter what, there is no judgment. There is only acceptance and love. I have a someone that I know who has daughters, and they're all in their teens. And of course, as what happens with girls in their teens, they have started to argue. And he's worried about it. He doesn't like it. He doesn't know where it came from. You know, these, these sisters who were once so close and now, you know, are kind of at their throats every day. But I told him, it's That's just what happens. It won't last. Sisters, no matter what, even when they argue, when times get tough, when the shit hits the fan, no one is going to be at your side faster than a sister. I promise you that. And the benefit of having sisters, the other benefit, two of them grew up and had daughters. So now there's this whole other level of friendship. We're on a group text, my sisters and their daughters, who are now all adults. And we talk about pretty much anything in that text. You know, it's just checking in. But it's a group of girlfriends, all of us, just talking about our day, supporting each other, laughing if we heard or saw something funny and sharing that, coming together to ask for prayers when we're dealing with something that feels like more than we can handle on our own. I love them all. They're all my girlfriends. So in the end, no matter what happens with my quest for a partner, like Carrie says, my best friends, they are the great loves of my life. All right, guys. Thanks so much for coming back for episode 36. Don't forget, join the Facebook group, My So-Called Midlife Podcast, and like the Facebook page, My So-Called Midlife Podcast. Follow me on Instagram at JennyJoy316. If you like the podcast, tell your friends, and then tell them to listen. The second part? Yeah, that's, that's the important part. If you have questions or topic suggestions, you can email me at my so-called midlife podcast at gmail.com. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Love you. Bye.